0: gandhi always said to just be the change you wish to see in the world and that's exactly what he meant you make that change and all of a sudden that change will start to be reflected in the outside world because we truly are all connected welcome to the embrace and expand podcast where we talk about everything from spirituality self-development relationships mindfulness wellness and everything that will help you embrace all that you are so you can expand into the best version of yourself. And welcome back to episode 28 of the Embrace and Expand podcast. So today's card pull is called We Are All Connected. The image on the card is two intertwined dragons, one that is white, one that is like a reddish color. There is the Tree of Life with some Celtic nodding behind it. There's a butterfly, an owl, a wolf, a tree branch, a depiction of a woman at the bottom, as well as the sun and the moon. All of these images showing that we are all interconnected. We are all part of a greater universe. And Nikola Tesla once said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in the terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And now quantum physics has dived really deep into this topic that everything is energy. Everything has a certain frequency to it and everything has a certain vibration, which makes it a gas, which makes it a liquid, which makes it a solid. So we can ask ourselves, what does it mean that we are all connected? Am I the same thing as the chair that I'm sitting on? Am I the same thing as the computer that I'm working on or the microphone that I'm speaking in? In our logical and rational mind, the answer would be no. But the reality shows, based upon quantum physics, that if everything is energy, everything just carries a certain frequency and is vibrating at a specific rate that makes it either a solid or appear as something different than Yes, we are all connected in that way. Now, quantum mechanics states that the universe is made up of space filled with fields of vibration. So again, we're getting back to that vibration thing, which all of those vibrations are interconnected and unified and are in constant communication with one another, where distance and time really has no correlation or consequence. So what this means is that the end of one part of the universe is moving in exact relation to the other end of the universe, and then everything in between that is just this grand, beautiful dance moving within that space. At the very core of quantum mechanics, there is a simple experiment called the double-slit experiment. And many of you listening may be familiar with this. Those that aren't, I'm going to go ahead and just explain it in very simple terms. But what it means is that the experiment demonstrates that our very observation of an object directly affects the object itself or its outcome. And so what this means is that by actually observing something... Our observation, the focused energy of us observing something, is actually changing that thing that we observe. This can be seen purely just by going out into nature. And if we start to observe things, and if we, say, are observing a bird, and if we move in just the slightest amount, all of a sudden that bird is going to move away. Now, if we stayed completely still and just completely observed that bird and just allowed it to do its thing, if it never became aware of our presence, i.e. it never observed us, it would continue on its path just as it was. But the moment that it observes our presence, all of a sudden it changes its direction and its outcome. This is what that double-slit experiment means. This can also be reflected by the waves of the ocean. Once they move off the shore or move into one another, they never actually cease moving at all. They're in constant flow. Now, vibrations are just like these waves. They never truly end. They're constantly moving. They're constantly flowing. They simply just interact and transform with one another or objects. Now, Objects like the sands of a beach or the stones that are on the shore or the corals that are in the water appear to be solid, but actually are all just made up of small little particles vibrating at a denser frequency than the water that's around it or the air that then is above that. So, since everything is energy vibrating at a certain frequency, then everything is formed by these vibrations. So this means there is no actual individuality, only interconnectedness that evolves and expands and changes shape through its own interaction with the grander self. Now, I know you're probably thinking right now, but Adam, I am my own individual. I am a different person than you are. I am a different person than my neighbor is. I'm a different person than my spouse is. But the truth is, and I'll use another kind of analogy here, is take the sea anemone right? It has all of these various little polyps that are all working individually. They're all trying to gather food. They're all trying to gather little particles out of the water. And each one of those little polyps on the anemone thinks that it's its own self, thinks that it is doing its own thing, and it's moving independently from the ones that are surrounding it. But the fact is is that all of those little polyps are part of a greater animal, the anemone itself that are all individually feeding the greater whole. So, we are exactly that same way. Yes, we are physically in this 3D reality, all separate. But we are actually all interconnected. Because what one of us does directly affects the outside world and what happens to everybody else. It's the same as when one country sends up a bunch of pollutants up into the atmosphere. We all share that same atmosphere all over the world. And so that pollutant then dissipates itself within the upper atmosphere and then travels all over the world. Now, I remember watching a documentary special on Netflix a long while back. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was talking about how certain time periods of the year... A lot of dust is kicked up into the atmosphere from the Sahara Desert, which then travels all the way into the Amazon jungle and then settles down in the Amazon jungle. And certain plants would not be able to actually grow if it wasn't for that sand and dust and all of those particles that came from the Sahara Desert. Talk about the interconnectedness of that. And if we take that into one step deeper while we're talking about the Amazon jungle, how do we correlate how ancient cultures and shamanisms from those ancient cultures and those tribes of the Amazon jungle that have no microscopes, that have no internet, that have no computers, that have no way of being able to do research on what plant is what and what it's good for and what it's not good for— How were they able to find out of the 80-some-thousand different species of plants that exist in the Amazon jungle, such as the vine that goes into ayahuasca, Banisteriopsis copy, combined with the leaf from the tracuna plant or Psychotria viridis? And those combination of those two plants, which don't really grow near each other within the Amazon jungle, how did they know to combine those plants that would then give them the brew ayahuasca, that would allow them to tap into higher states of consciousness, that would allow them to glean more information from what they called the unseen worlds? This knowledge existed already within sight of them. But they were so much more connected to the nature around them. They were so much more connected to their environment that they were able to glean that information. And this was actually addressed in the book, The Cosmic Serpent by Jeremy Narby, who was an anthropologist that went down into the Amazon jungle to research these ancient cultures. And when he asked them that question, their answer was, the plants told us. If the plants were able to communicate that, doesn't that mean that there is a certain level of interconnectedness that allows that communication to happen? And if there is enough communication to be able to happen between two different species, human and plants, does that mean that there's actually the possibility that we could communicate with everything that's around us? If we can pause, if we can stop, if we can observe and we can listen, have we actually gone so far away from our true nature of being fully connected with nature that we've lost that ability, that we've lost that communication with our outside world. Through diving into our inner world, we can regain that ability to communicate. Now, I've talked about this on several other podcast episodes of traveling down to Peru and experiencing ayahuasca myself. And at one point in time, seeing these... Geometric patterns, and then hearing this voice within my very being that did not come from me, that was not part of me. And I know that for a fact because how it spoke was nowhere near how I would speak or how language would communicate through me. There is that possibility by being able to achieve these altered states of consciousness, which don't necessarily have to be done through plant medicines. They can, of course, be achieved through meditation and breath work and various different modalities like that, such as yoga. Those states allow us to tap into the vibration that exists within all of reality. And through being able to tap into that vibration, we can gain more knowledge, we can gain more wisdom about the world around us, about everything that is actually a part of us. Because once we pass from this world, our body then becomes part of the world again, which then once it's part of the world again, it goes back into the vastness of nature it is dissolved by my, the mycelium network that grows within the ground, which is the largest communication network throughout the, all of the world, even beyond the internet. It's like nature's internet. It's how trees can communicate with other trees around them to signify when there is a drought or when one tree has a disease, they start to pull their roots away from that tree so they themselves don't also become diseased. Like Nature is so incredibly intelligent because of how interconnected it is. And we could be even more intelligent as a species if we gained that connection with nature again, if we gained that ability to listen to the world around us, to observe what is happening, to be able to know that a storm is coming before it's even coming without having to turn on the news and listen to the weatherman saying that, hey, this storm is coming. Yes, technology has allowed us to kind of gain some of those insights again, but What happens if that technology disappears? What happens if one day there is such a large solar flare from the sun, which scientists say is totally possible, that it could wipe out all of the technology that we have and basically take us back to the Stone Age? Then what? Then how are we going to go about the world? How are we going to be able to care for ourselves and gain new knowledge and gain new wisdom? We're going to be able to do that by connecting with nature again, by connecting with the very world that we are truly a part of, that we are truly interconnected with. So this card really is an invitation to start to observe the cycles of nature, start to observe the sun and the moon, start to observe all of what nature is around you. And even if you live in a city and you're like, yeah, but there's no trees or anything like that, there are still birds. There are still bugs. There's still air. There's still water. There's still seasons. There is nature that exists all around. When we are able to open ourselves up to it, when we are able to observe what nature has to tell us, what it is trying to communicate to us. And I don't really want to dive too deep into like climate crisis or anything like that. But I do have the belief that all of the things that are changing, and I'll use the example of the weather here in Virginia. My aunts have lived in Virginia for the last 30 some odd years. And the weather currently today is very, very different than what it used to be. I know the same is true when I was living back in Washington. The weather is drastically different than what it used to be. It was getting much hotter in the summers than it used to ever be. And it was getting much colder in the winters than it used to ever be. So things are changing. And that then begs the question to ask of what is the earth trying to communicate with us? What is it trying to communicate that we need to make shifts and we need to make changes? And now... I know I've talked to many people that have the desire to change the world, but I've no idea how to go about doing it. have no idea how they can change so many people that exist within the world and their views and beliefs. And the truth is you can't. But what you can change is yourself. What you can change is your own lifestyle. Because if we truly are all connected then every change that we make within inside of ourselves is then reflected in our outside world. And Gandhi always said to just be the change you wish to see in the world. And that's exactly what he meant. You make that change and all of a sudden that change will start to be reflected in the outside world because we truly are all connected. So I hope you enjoyed this episode that was a little combination of science mystical wisdom, nature, and everything that we can learn from all of the various different knowledges that we have access to in this modern day and age. But I think it really is a true point that if we want to live a life of full connection, we have to reconnect with nature. We have to reconnect with the planet that we are all a part of, and make those slight, subtle, little changes within our lives to just help make the world a better place. So thanks again for listening as always. I greatly appreciate you and I'll catch you on the next one.